0: Good morning. It's good to see all of you this morning. Some smiling faces. If you don't have a smiling face, go ahead and do it now. It's okay. It is a good day. I hope, I pray that you had a great week uh, of Thanksgiving and uh, time to gather up with people and enjoy food. And uh, what a what a great week uh, uh, I had. I hope that you had one too more than that i pray today starts off another good week for you a day of uh started off with with praising and worshiping our god right here as we gather together and what a blessing that is Um, what would be trying to church a place that i pray that you come and find love love of jesus The truth of Him. I pray that it's a place that that you can come and find a hug when you need a hug. A place that you can come and find a friend when you need a friend. And I pray it's a place that you can come and have your tank filled. Not depleted, but filled. And I pray that that is Beecher Island. It is that way for me, and I pray that it's that way for you. I pray that, that our arms are open to anybody that walks in the door, I believe that's how we are. If it's not, come talk to me. <laughs> no. It's good. Um, you know, Beecher Island is a place I truly believe that God is here. And I I think that In that, it is a true blessing that we uh, take for granted a lot. And I don't want us to do that. uh, Because God is here. And and in that, I pray that all of us allow Him to pour through us. And we pour out love on everybody that steps through this door, whether they've been here 99 years or one day. It is good. We try to stand in the truth and the love of Jesus. And that's why... I always say we're an independent, non denominational, Jesus loving Bible preaching church. And I pray that that is the truth that we stand in. Today is going to be a good day. Uh, We're going to get into Nehemiah 3. So if you will, open your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 3. And we know that Nehemiah has come to Jerusalem. We know that He's spent time in prayer. We, we know that He's come to Jerusalem and he spent three days surveying what's happened, what's taken place. Uh, the, the situation of the wall. We know that He that he went out on a mount and rode around the wall, and then He came back and He sat down and talked with the leadership and the people of Jerusalem. And, and He told them what God had put on His heart. And they said, let us arise and build. Let us arise and build. So they put their hands to a good work. Now there was opposition. They had great opposition. They were laughed at and mocked. And it's going to get worse as we read along here. But, But right off the bat, they didn't let it stop them from doing a great work. We get to chapter three, and I'll be the first to say it's a difficult chapter to read because of all the names. But it is a beautiful chapter. It's a beautiful account of what's taking place because it wasn't just one man. It wasn't just one family. It wasn't just a handful of people. It was the entire city that stepped out to arise and build. Now there were a few that didn't, and they're get pointed out that's okay but overall the whole city jumped out to help build this wall that the Lord has put them to do I'm not going to read all of chapter three because I'm not going to butcher that many names but I want us to I want to read enough that we that we see what's taking place and if I skip over some names if I if I Say this dude or that dude. Just just keep reading. with me, (laughs) Because there are some names in here that that I will struggle with, I promise you. So, Nehemiah chapter 3 is where we're going to be. Then Elisha the high priest rose up with his brethren, the priests, and built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and hung its doors. They built as far as the tower of the hundred and consecrated it. Then, as far as the tower of Hananel, next to Elisha, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zakur, the son of Imri, built. Also, the son of Hasanai built the fish gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with its bolts and bars. And next to them, Muramoth, the son of Urja, the son of Kaz, made repairs. Next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berchai, the son of this dude, made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, the son of Benah, made repairs. Next to them, the Tokites made repairs. But their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. There we go. There's a few that didn't. Everybody else did. Moreover, Jehodiah, the son of Hesah, and Meshulam, the son of repaired the old gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with its bolts and bars. And next to them, yeah, that dude, the Gibbonites, Jaden, that dude, the men of Gibeon and Mizpah, repaired the uh, residence of the governor of the region beyond the river. Next to him, Uzel, the son of Hariah, one of the goldsmiths made repairs. Also next to him, Hanani. One of one of the perfumers made repairs, and they fortified Jerusalem as far as the. They fortified Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. And next to them, this guy, the son of Hur, leader of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. So you can see it just goes on and on and on, right? I've butchered enough of those names and I've made myself look like enough nothing a fool. But in that, you can see that each one steps to it. And you can keep on reading for several verses. Each one, and even Nehemiah, it's named in there, is all these people of the city built right outside of their house. They took, they took the time to build right outside of their house. You know, uh... I got to thinking about this chapter. I got to thinking about all that we've read up to now. And the preparation that took place with Nehemiah and the Lord. I got to thinking about the collateral damage that had to have taken place in Jerusalem. You see, I don't believe that it was just the wall that was destroyed. There had to be some homes that were also destroyed as part of The destruction that took place. Now, we don't read about that, but in my mind, I picture this. When there is is destruction, usually the destruction is not just focused on the wall, right? So I got to thinking about this. And every person had to take time to rebuild their home also. You see, I think every person had to take time to to spend time on their their own house. Which got me even thinking more. You see, this may have all been done before Nehemiah even got there. Maybe it wasn't. But I think it was, because they were all living in their homes, right? Now, I'm not saying their homes were perfect, but they were livable. think we can look at this for ourselves and and realize that it's important to rebuild our own homes first it's important to rebuild our relationship with Jesus if it's broken down it's important that we that we take that time to rebuild that relationship first before we can ever step out and arise and put our hands to a good work for the Lord Again, I'm not saying that their homes were perfect, but they were they were livable. It wasn't a place that they didn't want to be. You see, what I'm trying to get at is if you have struggles with God, if you are mad at God for something that's happened in your life, you've got to work on that first. You've got to work on that first before you could ever step out and arise and build. You've got to work on, on this relationship first. I'll just tell you this. If you're mad at me, if I did something to wrong you and you're mad at me, you're not going to be able to come sit in this church and listen to me and actually walk out of here with something good on your heart. It won't work. It's the same with our relationship with the Lord. If we're mad at Him, if we have struggles in our heart towards the Lord, we've got to repair that first. got to allow Him to work on our hearts. Before we can ever step up and rise and put our hands to a good work for Him, we got to take that seriously before we can ever step outside of our own house and build. You see, I believe that that's what God has been doing with me for the last four years. He's been working on my relationship with Him. I think He's been doing it with this church for the last several years of rebuilding right inside these walls and building and healing hearts. And now it's time to start building right outside of our church. It's time to arise and build and put our hands to a good work for the Lord right outside these walls. It's time to start stepping out of our comfort zone and stepping into that work, stepping into the amazing things that God has for us, calling all people, all people of our community. To know the love of Jesus Christ. We can't make them confess Him. We can't make them come to Him. We can't tell them about His love. And about His favor. And about what He's done for them and giving them life. It's time to start showing people that are standing right in front of you that Jesus loves them. That, that He wants a relationship with them. It's time to stop hiding behind the walls of the church and step out into our community. Amen. Letting people know that Jesus wants them. Look, I understand that we send a lot of money outside of these walls. We send a lot of money to missions. We send a lot of money to to missionaries to, to do awesome things. But listen, I don't want that to define us. I don't want that to be who we are, that we send it all away and we're good with just whatever happens right here. We can't be that. That is not what Jesus is putting on my heart for this church right now. God. You See, there are people right outside of our church in our community that are broken. They're, they're, they're broken emotionally, spiritually, and maybe they don't even know what that means. Maybe they do. And they need you. To be the hands of Jesus, to help them rebuild their their heart, their relationship, their struggle. Are we rising up and putting our hands to the good work that God has for us right outside of our church? Because you see, church, when we read in Nehemiah chapter three, when we read in that, we we can see that it takes all all of God's people. It takes all of us inside this church to arise and build. It took everybody around Jerusalem to arise and build the wall back to what it was. See, I think it's a wonderful thing that we fund missions because it's funding God's people. Right? And, and I'm not saying we need to stop that, but let's not, that. let's not let that define who we are. Let's be about the mission that's right here. See, as we read chapter 3, we can see that each, each, each household stepped up. Each household stepped up to rebuild the wall. You see, uh, it's going to take each one of us to build the kingdom with the people that are standing right in front of you. I'm going to encourage you not to leave it up to me as the, the pastor or the, the leadership of this church To bring the person that's standing right in front of you to a relationship with Jesus Christ. They're standing in front of you. They're right outside of your house. And listen, you won't be alone in this. You will not be alone in this. You have Christ with you, giving you everything you need to give you success. Therefore, you as servant arise and build. Arise and build. There was definitely a lot of rebuilding that was that was needing to be done around Jerusalem. This wall was demolished. And each household, each household was rebuilding what was right in front of them. Yeah, maybe they worked down just a little bit further past their house. And maybe we need to do that. But they took care of what was right in front of their house first. Which gives us to chapter four. If turn over chapter four with me, it's right there with chapter three, of course. But uh, <laughs> uh, it starts off with this. But it so happened when Sandalot heard that we were rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant and mocking the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, "What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifice?" Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish? Stones that are burned? Now Tobai, the Ammonite, was beside him and he said, Whatever they build, if even a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. <laughs> Listen to what they're saying. Listen to them. They put their hands to a good work. And they found opposition. Yeah. When you put your hands to a good work, you will find opposition. Yeah. Look well, at the questions they're, they're, they're asking. Do they really believe that anybody's going to be able to build this wall? Do they really believe that the Jews are going to step into this and be able to do this? Do they, do they really? I mean, who do they think they are? What, do they think they're going to do it in a day? We'll get to see how long soon. And even if they did build it, this little tiny fox, if the little tiny fox, they're small, a little tiny fox comes along and jumps on that wall, it's going to break it down. What's that saying? We have nothing to worry about. We have nothing to worry about. They're not going to be able to build this wall. You see, uh, it all of them now to build this wall When we put our hands to the work of the Lord, we're going to find opposition. When we put our hands to the to the work of the Lord, we, we will face those that despise us. When we will face the sin lots and get angry for what we're doing. Might be in your own little circle. You'll face those that get angry. You'll face those that despise you for what you're doing. We'll face the devise that that want us to doubt what we're doing. We'll face the ones that want to make you feel dumb for standing in the name of Jesus. Listen to what Nehemiah does. Verse 4. Verse 4 of chapter 4. Hear, O Lord God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them a plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their inequities and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you. For they have provoked you to anchor before the builders. He prays. He prays. When he, when he finds opposition, he prays. He goes to God with everything. to make sure we do the same. That is, we step out and arise and build and put our hands to a great work that when we find opposition and we find people who laugh at us, instead of poor me, I should have never done that, I should have never said that, I shouldn't have talked to that person, just turn to Him and pray. Turn to Him and pray. You see, it's great that Nehemiah did this because because he did it. We get to read on. Verse 6, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. For the people had a mind to work. wall's coming together. Up to half its height, it's being joined back together. Church, look, they all built on the wall. They had a mind to work. They denied their flesh and put down their, all, all their excuses and they went to work. Doing whatever they could in building the wall. And because of that, the wall was joined together up to half its height. Look, when we lay down our flesh and put our hands to the work of the Lord, amazing things will happen. We will see people come to the Lord in a way that we have never seen before. We will see people coming and getting saved that you never thought would be saved. And it will be awesome. But we have to be willing to put our hands to the work of the Lord. We have to be willing to to arise and work for the Lord. You see... uh, we arise and do that we start seeing these amazing things we, we will face the evil one he will come to work hey he will try to to destroy just like he always does just like he tried to do with the Jews and I just want to warn you do not be the person that lets evil come from your mouth I, I got to pray with a gentleman that was <clears throat> gonna go home to the Lord And he loved Jesus. He he had a relationship with Jesus. He was saved. But he went to church once. Once. When I was talking to him, he said, you know, I went once. And um, he said, I know that they were probably joking, but a person said to me, (laughs) man, I can't believe the walls were still standing. He said, from that point on, I swore I would never step inside another church. A person in Christ opened their mouth and and allowed that to come from their mouth as a person who desperately needs Jesus in a joking or sarcastic way took away the fellowship that that gentleman could have had all of his life. Yes, he could have gotten over that too, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> but don't let evil come from your mouth. Don't let evil come from your mouth And somebody who is desperately needing the Lord. Me. <laughs> we all desperately need the Lord, don't we? Listen, if we put our hands to the work of the Lord like I strongly believe that He is calling us to do, there are going to be people who step inside this church that maybe don't look like me. Or are you? It will be good. It will be way good. You see, church, as the wall was closing in and getting rebuilt, they fought, they, they faced more ridicule. Verses 7 and 8 of chapter 4. Now it happened when Sanballat, tobai the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashodites heard... <clears throat> That the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were being, beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. They teamed up. They said, Ah, now, now it's getting to be too much. We better all just go. We better, we better step up against this. And what did Nehemiah do? Verse 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Look, it wasn't just Nehemiah this time. He says, we pray. We pray. Together they pray. Together, you, all together they pray. I think it's an important point. But now it's not just one individual praying, but it's a, a collective prayer church, I want to be collectively praying that we arise and build. That we arise and build right outside of our church. They also set a watch against the enemy. They said, right, you're coming. We'll just set a watch against you. We'll make sure that we're aware that you're coming. We'll, We'll be ready for you. And we have to do the same. We have to put a watch day and night against the evil that tries to invade our lives. That could be our thoughts. That could be our friends. Social media. Addiction. <laughs> Temptations. Our coworkers. Listen, if you have a filthy mouth and today, and today you decide that you're not going to do that anymore, that you're gonna you're not going to talk like that or use use bad language, filthy languages, the people that are around you are gonna take notice. And they may even say, What are you too good for those words now? Are, are you too good for us too now? They may make you feel wrong for trying to imitate Christ. Stay strong. Stay strong and pray to the Lord Jesus Christ to give you the strength to continue to rebuild and bring those around you with in that rebuilding. Church, I want to talk to the men for just a minute. Uh, just the other day I read that when the, uh, when the father of the house is saved, There is a 93% chance, 93% chance that the rest of the family will be saved. I want you to hear that. When the the father is saved, the, the chance of the entire family being saved is 93%. How important is it that the father of the home have a relationship with Jesus? I'm going to give you the other statistics. If the mother is saved, there's a 17% chance that the rest of the family will be saved. That's still good. Still good. Right? Hey, 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 man, I'm not knocking any of this. If a child is saved first in that family, there's a 3.5% chance the rest of the family will be saved. Man, how important is it for you to step up and have a relationship with Jesus, number one? How important is it for you to be talking with the other men that you're around to have a relationship with Jesus? Now it is awesome that any person, it is a miracle for every person that gets saved. So even the 3.5%, even the 17%, it is awesome. And we all need to be calling people to a relationship with Jesus Christ. But listen to me men, I'm calling you to step up. Men, I'm calling you to step out of your comfort zone and step out there and be the hands of Jesus calling people to a relationship with Him. Men, I'll admit that we rely on people around us probably a little too much. I rely on my wife to do a lot of things. I can't get lazy and a little work. Men, we cannot be lazy in the Lord's work and stepping out of our comfort zone and calling people to Jesus Christ. Women, I'm addressing the men because I think you ladies are great examples of how us men should be. Men, step out. And then let me just say, when you step out, you're going to face evil. You're going to face the doubters. You're going to face your own doubts. The Who am I? To be telling somebody about Jesus. I mean, just look in the mirror. You're going to have the doubters that say, well, you don't even know anything about Jesus. What are you doing trying to tell somebody about Jesus? Let me just tell you that all you need to know is that Jesus loves you. All you need to know is that He went to the cross and died for you. All you need to know is that His grace is sufficient. All you need to know is that the Word says that if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Look, I know there's a lot more about Jesus that there is to know. But you don't have to know it all to tell somebody about the love of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to challenge all of you. I want you to put somebody on your heart right now. Maybe God's already put somebody on your heart that you're going to talk to this week, and just tell them, just tell them this: that Jesus loves them. Just that. You, you don't have to throw a Bible at them. You don't have to. You don't have to tell them about the whole deal. Just that Jesus loves them. That's my challenge for you this week. One person. One person. I want you to think of them now. If God's put it on your heart, it's easy. If you don't have anybody on your heart, I want you to think of one person. One person before you leave those doors that you're going to tell this week that Jesus loves them. See, church, It's going to take all of us to step outside of these walls and rebuild. Rebuild those in our community that are broken down. Rebuild those in our community that maybe don't even know yet that they need a relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, let's be His hands and His feet. Let's take it serious about telling people about Jesus Christ and His love for them. I'm going to invite the music team up. I'm not saying that we haven't already been telling people about the love of Jesus. I hope that we are. What I'm saying is, is let's get serious about it. Let's get serious about telling people about Jesus and who He is and the saving grace that He offers so freely. Nehemiah couldn't do it by himself. (coughs) Nehemiah spent a lot of time in prayer and then as we see they collectively pray and they all put their hands to the work church let's put our hands to the work let's step outside of these walls imitate Christ and tell people about his love and if you need to rebuild your relationship if your home is not rebuilt If your relationship with Jesus is not right, I want to pray with you this morning. I want to talk with you. If you're mad at Him for whatever reason, let's talk through it. Because I want to help you rebuild. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior this morning, I want to talk with you because I don't want you leaving these doors without knowing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that it's in Him that you have life. Today, today I want you to have a promise of eternal life because you know that Jesus is Lord and that He was raised from the grave for you. He loves you. loves you more than you can even imagine. Let your heart soften and love Him back. And let's tell the world, let me rephrase that, let's tell our community right in front of us that Jesus loves them. If you need any prayers this morning, come forward and pray with me. Let's go to him in prayer prayer now. Father God, I thank You for Nehemiah. I thank You for this example of, uh, of the man that he was. He was just a nobody, but yet You put it on his heart to do, and he prayed, and he did. Lord, I pray that that's us, that we pray, that we seek You. That we do everything to glorify You in our life. And when we fall short, we, we pick ourselves back up because You're right there giving us a hand. And we keep moving on, doing Your work. Lord, I pray this week that You, you put one person on our heart, one person on our heart to tell, that, to tell them that You love them. And if that door opens to talk to them more, great. If it doesn't, I pray that we kind of see here pray that they hear those words. I pray for the heart of, of each one of these people that are going to hear that this week from this church. I pray that their hearts are open to hear your love and to feel it. Lord, I, I pray for courage and strength in that as we step outside of these walls and we do that. Lord, thank you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for giving us the courage. Step out of our comfort zone. Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.